0: we are going to continue in what we call uh, a series called The King and the Kingdom. The King and the Kingdom, where we look at the life of Jesus. We learn from His teaching. And if you have your Bible with you, I invite you to turn with me today to Matthew chapter 23. If you want to use this Bible sitting in front of you, we'll be on page 828. Matthew chapter 23. And again, our plan is to share a passage with you on a Sunday that hopefully you would be reading this next week. And so Matthew chapter 23 in our reading plan, you would be reading this week. I'm just going to give a glimpse of this chapter to you. I'll let you read the entire chapter on your own, but it's quite fascinating what we will get to look at today in the life of Jesus. We've had this Theme passage, and it's in your notes, and I want to put it up on the screen again and go over this with you. From Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, Matthew, a follower of Jesus, after the life of Jesus, after he has uh, been crucified, raised from the dead, years back, he writes reflecting on Jesus, and he says this that Jesus went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, kind of like what would be going on this morning here, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom proclaiming the good news about this king and this kingdom. And over and over he would proclaim this good news that he is this king. And part of what he did was healing every disease and every affliction among the people. Now what we have said about this is this isn't just history. And we go, okay, thanks Jesus. But this is part of Jesus' mission We were looking at this back in November, and Jesus says, just as the Father sent me. This was my mission, to teach this and to proclaim this good news, this gospel, and to bring healing in lives. Jesus says, just as the Father sent me, I am sending you. Every one of you who claim the name of Jesus, who follow him, have the same message to teach others to proclaim good news and bring healing in life. That means this week you're going to interact people with people that you need to proclaim good news into their life. Maybe there are people who've forgotten that yes, Jesus forgives sins. Maybe they have forgotten for a bit that Jesus brings healing to our hearts, to our minds, brings power over our addictions. And you have this ability and this power and responsibility even this week to speak to others. Listen, let me tell you about the good news of Jesus Christ. That even as we sing this morning, He is coming again. So this is not just something that happened that Jesus did, but this is now our mission as well as sent ones to teach and to proclaim and to help bring healing to others. Now... As we've been looking at this, this kingdom that Jesus speaks about, this kingdom is like any other kingdom. It's, you can't compare this to another kingdom. Kingdoms last for a few years and then they're gone, but this kingdom is eternal. And one of the things I want us to consider today, if you're taking notes, write this down, that this kingdom is a movement of the heart. That this kingdom that Jesus is talking about is a movement of the heart. It's not a kingdom about money and taking over and building big buildings and things like that and and temporary earthly glory. Jesus says, this kingdom that I'm about is a kingdom of the heart, your heart, my heart. Jesus says, I want to take up reign in your heart. I I want to work with you. And that's what we're going to see today as we look at this passage, that Jesus is... Interested in your heart. Followers of Jesus, the heart is the key issue here. It's not outward appearances. It's not just going to church. But there's something spiritual. There's something that can't be seen that God is doing in each of our lives. So as Jesus taught and preached and proclaimed, he was out there showing mercy and grace. And he was trying to get into the heart of every person. We're going to see today, though, that Jesus sometimes spoke some harsh words. He spoke some words that people said, you know what, I just don't like hearing that. To the point where they'd say, Jesus, I so not like what you say, I hate you. To the point that they'd say, Jesus, I so do not like what you're saying, we want you dead. And so Jesus said some things that just would hurt the heart. And we're going to see this, that Jesus' most harsh words are directed toward the religious people whose hearts were far from God. And you might say, oh man, yeah, good, let's preach against those people whose hearts are far from God. And I'll tell you what, it's the religious people. It's actually the people that would show up at a gathering like this that Jesus preaches against. He's not walking down the streets and say, you people, your hearts are far from God. It's actually people like us that show up to a gathering like this, and he says, Let me tell you, you need to watch your own heart because your heart can be far from God. What? Yeah. Some of you have already read this in Matthew 15, but let me show this to you. Jesus said to people who go to church, people who lead in the church even, he called them hypocrites. He said, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he, Isaiah said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Jesus said, there are people out there, and they honor me with their lips. They sing songs, and they say, God bless you. And they put nice little messages on Facebook, and they wear bracelets and shirts. that say Christian messages, but he says, actually, your heart is far from me. Ouch. Could that be said of us, even today? And This often plays out, this kind of message to churchgoers. This is who Jesus is speaking to. And the question I would have for every single one of us this morning, this is what I want you to consider. What is the status of my heart? Now, not as what's the status of Scott Miller's heart. No, you ask this to yourself, okay? What is the status of your own heart? If Jesus were to say, let's have a conversation about your heart, what's the status of your heart? Let me say this, there's a momentary status, right? There is like all of a sudden you could be doing fine and then you get that email from somebody or that phone call or somebody steps on your foot or whatever. Your dog eats your favorite pair of shoes and all of a sudden your heart can go, oh man, now I'm mad. Now I'm hurt. So there's a momentary status of your heart, but there's also a seasonal status of your heart. What's the status of your heart this morning? I would like you to reflect on that. Maybe you start writing down some things as we read from Jesus' words. What's the status of your heart? Is there anger and unforgiveness in your heart today? Is there arrogance in your heart today? Is your heart hurt today? Just thinking about our hearts being hurt, certainly some of our hearts being hurt came from our upbringing. Maybe it was some abuses that we had. Maybe you're still walking around with some hurt. This is why we talked last week about forgiveness. Some of this hurt you may be carrying with your own heart could be self inflicted. You're like, I did this, I did this, I did this. There could be a lot of reasons for the hurt in your heart. Is the status of your heart this morning that it's hurt? Does the status this morning of your heart may be pride or arrogance? Like, no, nah, everything's good. I wish everybody was like me. I wish my neighbors were like me. I wish the church people were like me. I wish my coworkers and my classmates were like me. I'm doing good. Uh, then I would say, consider your heart. Maybe your heart's bordering on pride and arrogance. That could even be part of your upbringing. I grew up in a good home. My dad was a pastor I I thought that when I was growing up, that if you didn't wear a collared shirt and dockers, that you weren't going to heaven. All right? So this morning I thought, I'm wearing jeans just to prove this fact, okay? Because you can wear jeans to church. But sometimes we always have, we may have had some of this pride come up from our upbringing, or it could be from some of our successes. It's like, man, (laughs) I'm so good at work. I'm so good at home. What's the status of your heart? Maybe there's some pride this morning. We're going to see today that Jesus speaks to some religious leaders. And he's going to talk about their heart issues. Some of these were trained well. They are very intellectual. They had much reason to walk around and say, I wish everybody was as smart as me, but they're not. Some of these people became arrogant by their knowledge through their experiences. Some people were insecure. They posed like, oh, man, I hope nobody sees that I really don't know the Bible. I hope that nobody sees these things. And so they were just posing. Did we ever do that? Some of these people put down others to elevate themselves. It's like, if I can push more people down, then I feel better about myself. Some of these people noticed the sins of others, and they became stuck up. Like, "Oh man, look at you. I have no issues. What's the status of your heart? I'm going to ask that you wrestle with this question with God today and in the coming days. What's the status of your heart? The status of these Pharisees' hearts that we're going to see, the religious leaders of the day, is that their hearts were not in a good place, and Jesus knew this. I want to show you a passage, and I want you to write this down, Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. Because this is a very important matter. The wise King Solomon said, Above all else, you guard your heart. For it's the wellspring of life. Out of this comes life. And if this is dirty, if this is harboring unforgiveness, if you've got hurt that you're not dealing with, that well is poisoned. The rest of life will be. Solomon says, Above all else, guard your heart. And Jesus speaks to the heart today again this might be a season that you've been in for a few months for a few years this might be season or a momentary like man i was fine until this morning then we got in a little fight saw a commercial on tv again this week and it reminded me and it says life comes at you fast right the the insurance ad life comes at you fast you might say man i'm in a good place today but we'll check by the end of the day what's the status of your heart And that's the question I want us to look at today and in the coming days. So Jesus, he he speaks some words to some people who had some heart issues. This passage that we're going to look at here in Matthew chapter 23 are words that Jesus spoke about religious leaders. They should have been watching their own heart. They should have. But they weren't. And that's why he speaks against this. This is why I ask this of us today, me and you, watch your own heart because you don't want Jesus saying, hey, let me tell others about your bad heart. So we're called to watch our own hearts. And what we see here as we look in Matthew chapter 23, we'll call this woes to the Pharisee. Some of your Bibles might say this in Matthew 23 at the start of it, it might say woes to the Pharisee says, I'm going to talk to the religious leaders and I'm going to talk about problems that they have. Things that I'm like, oh man, you're in trouble. And he rattles off a few of them. I'm not going to mention all of them. I'm just going to read a few. You can read the rest of those this week. But let's start in verse 23. verse 23. Jesus says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. He calls them hypocrites. As you read this chapter, you're going to see this is a word he uses multiple times. Jesus says these people are hypocrites. The idea here of a hypocrite is an actor. An actor. One who wears a mask. He says there are people out there and they're leading the church. They're leading the way of God. They're in the family of God. And some of them are actors. They just wear a mask. One writer said it this way. They are pious pretenders posing as perfect. That's not the description we want for ourselves. Pious pretenders posing as perfect. Verse 23. Follow along as I read a couple verses here. Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, actors, mask wearers, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin. And have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. Can we just pause there and go, that was weird? You know, and we're asking you to read about a chapter a day here instead of just trying to read a ton. And just when you read a chapter a day, slow down and go, what's Jesus talking about? You know, some of you have study Bibles. We have Google and things like this. We can look at these. I wanted to address some of this today. He's talking about tithing. Tithing, this idea of setting apart some to give back to God as a way to say thank you. God, I want to say thank you that you give me a job. I want to say thank you that you give me health, that I can earn a wage. I just want to give some of this back to you, God. Everything comes from you. I just want to say thank you. Let me just take a moment to say, I want to say thank you as a church that you give so faithfully to the Lord's work. I hardly have to uh say things like man you need to start giving i don't have to bring out all the passages and say if you don't give this is what's happening because you give there's a lot of maturity in this church that we don't even pass a plate we just put them on the back wall we hardly talk about this and i'm not even going to talk about this much more today that you give i just want to say thank you I don't know what anybody gives in this church except for the Scott Miller family. I know what that family gives. I don't know what you give, but I know that this church gives well. When we get to our huddle meeting tonight, we'll talk about our finances. And our, 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 and we're in good place because you are faithful to give. Tithing could be I'm going to give 10%. Of net, of gross, whatever you commit to God. Some people say, you know what, I can give 25% to God. I read of one author, Christian author, who was making so much money from his books, he said, I'm going to tithe 90% to God and I'm going to live on 10%. Like, okay, if you can do that, great. Jesus was talking here about this tithing and he says, This. He says, Here's what you're doing. You are tithing of your dill, mint and cumin. In other words, you're getting your spices together. you're pouring them out and saying, "Four, 10. Okay, that goes to God. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That goes to God. He says, "Here's what you're doing. You're being really good about tithing that to God. The problem is you're missing some things. You're missing these things called justice and mercy and faith. Jesus is actually saying this. You're missing what is truly important. I appreciate that you tithe, that you separate your dill and your mint and cumin spices, but you're missing what is truly important. What is truly important is that you would live out justice and mercy and faith. That you would look out for those who are oppressed. That you would do what is fair Mercy that you would be kind to the afflicted. Being faithful that you would trust in God, that you would commit your life to him, that you would show yourself reliable. He says, I appreciate the seeds that you're saying, this is the Lord's. But I want these things called justice, mercy, and faith. And he says, because you only give these Things, These seeds, I'm telling you, you're an actor. You're wearing a mask. You're saying, look how good we are. We got it. This week we actually gave to the Lord an extra cumin seed. He says, do you realize there are people here that you are being jerks to? Show them mercy. You're missing something. You see, the, these Qualities, justice, mercy, and faith. These are qualities of God himself, aren't they? And he says, I'm sending you to show the heart of God. I'm not sending you out in the world just to give me a certain amount of seeds or a certain amount of dollars and cents, but I'm sending you into the world to show the heart of God, to show justice, mercy, and faith. Consider a passage in Micah chapter 6. Write this passage down if you would. It says this, Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams as an offering? That's more than a few seeds. That probably costs lots of money. With ten thousands of rivers of oil, that would be a lot of a gift to God. Shall I give my firstborn for my transgressions and sins? The fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. Is that what I should give? Is this what God wants? God says to Micah to uh, share this, He has told you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. Jesus says, yes, I appreciate your tithes and your offerings. That is great, but do not forget these characteristics of God which you are to live out and show people the heart of God. Now, Jesus says this at the end of verse 23. Look at this again with me if you would. He says, these tithing you ought to have done. I appreciate that. That's good. But do that without neglecting the others' justice, mercy, and faith. And he calls them, you blind guides. Here's what you're doing. You're straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. What? That's a little weird, Jesus. What you saying there? Now, they would have heard that and said, oh, we know exactly what he's saying. Because in our law, we want to stay away from foods that make us unclean. We don't eat bacon. It's an unclean animal, they were saying. "Okay, Gnats, insects were unclean as well. So before they would drink something, they would strain their drinks. And they're like, we're doing everything in our power not to drink a gnat or an insect. Because that could make us unclean. We want to strain all those gnats out. Besides drinking gnats, is probably gross. They said, we don't want to do this to be unclean. And Jesus says, good job. You're straining out the gnats. Thanks. I don't want you to be unclean. The problem is you're eating a camel, and they're unclean. It's not just that camels are big and gross or anything. He's saying, you don't want to be unclean with this. The problem is you're, you're eating all of this that's unclean. Okay, what's that mean for us? Some of us say, you know what? I gave 10% of my net or gross. Or this week I gave 11%. He says, good. You strained out the net. The problem is your neighbor needs mercy. The people that you're around need justice. I want faithfulness from you. I want you to show the heart of God and you're saying, but God, I read all five chapters in my Bible. I showed up to two services on Sunday, and I gave 11%. Good job. You're straining out the net. Don't eat the camel. Show justice. Show mercy. Live out your faith. Who <clears throat> I think Jesus is saying, thanks for tithing. I appreciate that. But when you miss out on these bigger things, the heart of God, you're unclean. The Pharisees, you see, they were missing the heart of God. And I think sometimes we can do that. You're saying, you know what, I'll give an offering, but I won't give forgiveness. God, you impress. I'm going to give 12%. He says, keep your 12%. Go show forgiveness to that person. Hmm. You say, I'll give you church attendance. He goes, I don't care about church attendance because the other six and a half days, you live selfishly. Stay at home, actually, on a Sunday and just say, you know what, God, I want to give you all seven days. Who? It kind of hurts, doesn't it? The religious leaders heard, heard this. And then the question is, what's the status of our heart? You see, when we miss the important issues of the kingdom of God only accentuating the things that are not important, we become actors. We become pretenders. We become hypocrites. And we miss the heart of the king and the kingdom. Go to verse 25, if you would. Jesus says, okay, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. We've heard this before, but he says, let me share something else. For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate... But inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Verse 26, you blind Pharisees. First clean the inside of the cup and the plate that the outside may be clean also. Now Jesus was not giving lessons on how to do your dishes at home, okay? This is not what he's doing. You don't magically clean the inside of the cup and somehow the outside of the cup's clean. He's not talking about the inside of a cup because he said this, the inside is filled with what? germs. What's he say? Caked on bacon grease? No. The inside of the cup is full of greed and self-indulgence. He's talking about our hearts, isn't he? And Jesus is saying this, that the inside is to be cleaned first. This is what God wants from you, that the inside would be cleaned first. This is what God wants from us. You and I, I know that we can get caught up with same, some of the same problems these religious leaders did in the day of Jesus. We want to look good to others. Sometimes our Sunday morning conversations are, are actually like this. We're like, how are you doing? I'm good. You, good. All right, good. I'm... Now, some of this is because we're in a hurry and we're in and out pretty quickly. Some of it is, and I'm grateful this, that some of you are positive people. How are you doing? Good. All right. But if that's all we ever say with each other, aren't we being actors and pretenders? Hopefully you would have some people in your life. How are you doing? And you say, my heart is in bad shape. I said to somebody in our office this week, I said, one of the verses I'm memorizing, Psalm 109, I think it's verse 21 and 22. And the psalmist says, my heart is wounded within me. I said, I feel that way sometimes. Just. Being honest, not trying to be Debbie Downer here, but just sometimes my heart's wounded. Now, I try to put on a positive front here and there, but my heart gets wounded. I think all of ours do. How are you doing? Hopefully, you'd have somebody to slow down with you and say, man, I'm struggling with something. If not, we're just becoming pious pretenders posing to be perfect. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Listen, Scott Miller's not always good because I know that you're not always good. There's stuff in our heart. Hurt from others, self-inflicted wounds, whatever it is, worry, anxiety. Our hearts are not good. I was reminded of this story as I was thinking about this. One day my wife uh, picks up somebody in the neighborhood and and drives him around town. And and he starts sharing about his life. And he says, man, I've made a lot of mistakes. And I've done this and this. And and Angela says, man, thanks for sharing this. And he says, you're a great listener. I'd love to share this with Scott. But he's so perfect. (laughs) She pulls over. She's like, no, he's not. We're talking about the same Scott? Yeah, the one that's up on the stage. Listen, she said, my husband, he's not perfect. No, he seems so perfect. She's like, you've got to know this about him. He's far from it. Just come live at our house for a while, you know. And I think part of the problem was there's some posing even in my own life that somebody would say, oh, I can't reveal my heart to him because he just seems too good. What a shame if people said that of you, too. And said, oh, they're just so perfect. I can't share my problems with them. i got to find somebody else to do that with. This is posing. Consider the crud in your own heart. And share that once in a while. Write this passage down, if you would. James chapter 5, verse 16. James says this. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. There are times that you have to confess and just say, Man, I'm just so anxious about this. Uh, I got to tell you, I'm angry about this. I got to tell you, I just cannot forgive this issue. Confess those sins to one another. Pray for each other about that so that you would be healed. You see, the Pharisees of the day and the ones that Jesus is speaking to, they're walking around saying, God, I got no problems. I am that good. You need to be like me. Jesus said, man, I'm just going to poke at that because that's just not right at all. Take a minute, if you would, or just a moment, not a whole minute. Just look, look around. Catch somebody else's eye in this room. Go ahead and do that real quickly. Just, I just want you to know, you are looking at imperfect people who have sin issues. All right, just look around. All right? Stop looking at me. (laughs) So find those people that you can confess your sins to. I was excited to hear nearly 50 guys and, I don't know, 70 ladies this week at a Bible study here in our building. Hopefully you'd sit around tables and you could start sharing some hurts. and Some community groups do this. Share with others. That you may be healed. The problem is, we can clean this outside and say, Man, I look so good now. And we're just faking to others. And when we do this, we become actors, we become pretenders, we become hypocrites, and we miss the heart of the king and the kingdom. Go to one last passage, verse 27 today. Jesus says this Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, actors. Mask wearers, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within the tomb are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanliness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Consider here the picture that Jesus is giving to these people. He says, you are like a tomb. You can be this way, follower of Jesus. You can be like a tomb. What's in a tomb? A dead body, corpse, something unclean. But what happens is that they would go to these tombs and they would wash them down so that they would look, oh, they look so beautiful. He says, wait a second, you churchgoers. If you're not careful, you can make all of this look good. But it's filled with dead bodies and uncleanliness. You see, here's the situation. When you and I neglect to address the issues of our heart, we just look like a whitewashed tomb. Looks good. Man, let's take a picture of that. That's beautiful. What is it? It's holding dead bodies. Gross. A corpse. But it's so beautiful. Jesus says, if you neglect the issues of the heart, this is what you're like. He goes on to say this, that when you and I neglect justice and mercy and faith, you're like a whitewashed tomb. Looks good on the outside, but man, on the inside, it's gross. Dead bodies, a corpse in there. When you and I are more concerned about impressing people than impressing God, he says you are like a whitewashed tomb. And people would go, man, that's so pretty. Just get inside and dig in there and, oh, yeah, we. He says that's what you're like when you are more worried about impressing people than impressing God. More than uh, looking at the outside as opposed to addressing your heart. You see, Jesus is saying this, that the inside is what determines life. Your heart is what determines life. This is why the question consider the status of your heart. Like man, I look like a really good person and I've been able to hold down a job and I'm clean and sober for a couple months and people are probably going, "Woo, but how's your heart?" And not even this physical thing that pumps blood, but how's your spirit? How's your spirit? How's your heart? Unfortunately, you and I, we get caught up with outward appearances. I mean, this morning, you know, I was like, I mean, if I had hair, I would have combed it, you know, want to look good. Jesus said, but I'm really more concerned about your heart. How'd you prepare your heart this morning when you got here? Like, well, I did all of this and I was looking good, but and I still had all this anger and unforgiveness and. Because that's the part I want to address. You, you get me? This is what Jesus is talking about. I want to finish today by spending some time examining our hearts, and we're going to close in a couple moments with a couple songs just to help you reflect on your heart. Let me ask some questions here. Are you hurt? In need of some healing? Is that the status of your heart? then today let Jesus bring healing. See, Jesus, I I need you to heal this broken heart. Are you hurt? Maybe you're responding to others poorly because of your own hurt. Then I'm going to ask you to ask Jesus to bring healing to your heart. Maybe you're even self-righteous and judgmental. Then I'm going to ask you to ask Jesus to bring healing to your heart. Maybe you have some sin issues and you, it's like, man, people think I look good today, but they don't know how dark my heart is. Then confess that today. Let Jesus clean your heart. Maybe our prayer is simply this, God, please give me a humble heart. God, give me a humble heart because this is not the heart attitude of the religious leaders that Jesus was speaking to. They said, How dare you speak to us like this? But what if we said, Jesus, I'm going to let you have free reign at my heart? You're God, I'm not. You're the king, I'm a son and a daughter of the king. You're the one who formed this heart. You're the one who redeems this heart. You're the only one who can truly fix this heart. Because all I'm going to try to do is put a mask over it. God, would you please give me a humble heart so that you could change it? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads with me and reflect. Maybe you need to do some writing. Maybe you need to do some praying, examining of your heart. You have some unforgiveness in there that you just need to let it go. You have some anxiety that you say, Jesus, I need your peace. Are you mad? And you need to say, Jesus, help me to rejoice in all the goodness that is you. Are you judgmental, self-righteous? And you need God to humble you. And Do you need Jesus even for the first time? You say, I am just pretending. I am faking here. Heavenly Father... I thank you that you know our hearts, you have formed our hearts, and that you are full of mercy. You don't treat us as our sins deserve. We thank you for that. And God, you see into places that no one else can see, and you love us the same. God, would you bring healing to our hearts? As we confess, would you help us to hear the good news, the gospel of the kingdom, that we are sons and daughters, we are forgiven. Would you help us to hear that? Would you help us to forgive? Would you help us not to be anxious about anything? Would you pour out your peace over us? God, would you confess our sins that we get caught up in the very small things and we miss showing justice to those who need it, showing mercy? God, would you continue to change us from the inside out? We try to do a good job of changing ourselves from the outside in, and it doesn't really work that way. You change the heart. So change mine again. Help me to be a man who loves you and my family and this church and this neighborhood and this world with all your heart. God, do that for all my brothers and sisters. Help us to love you and our families and this church and our neighbors. Change us from the inside out. And we are grateful that you will do that. And we commit all this to you in Jesus' name. Amen.